Wherever cancer is, Hancock Health will fight. In any part of you and in all corners of East Central Indiana. From Indianapolis to Greenfield to Knightstown to Rushville. From hospital rooms to family rooms, we fight. With technology and medicine. With care backed by the wisdom of Mayo Clinic. For you, for your family, and for your future in Rush County. We fight cancer here. HancockHealth.org slash cancer. Good morning. It is Wednesday, February 22nd. It is five minutes after 10. His name is Rob Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels, and we're glad you're here today. You can join us on YouTube if you'd like. Just type in Kendall and Casey WIBC into the YouTube search bar. And of course, we also have the Kendall and Casey Spotify playlist up on Spotify. Just uh, type in Kendall and Casey and follow that account. And you too can have all of this wonderful music that Kevin curates at your fingertips. And yes, coming up at some point today, I I will reveal, um, we've had many questions about this, uh, not only what the gender of my baby is, Mm -hmm. but the name of my baby and why we chose that name. So uh, stick with us at some point today. We will. You're going to reveal. We will tell you all of that because we love you, the audience. Speaking of children, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention has released a few updates to their child and adolescent immunization schedule. And one update was the addition of COVID-19 vaccines to the schedule. Can you imagine, Casey, letting your little kid get this shot? Here's the deal. This schedule, which they posted to their website, the CDC did, recommends that children between the ages of six months and 18 years old should receive two doses of the primary series, followed by the booster. There's no way, Casey... I would ever, ever, knowing what we now know Mm -hmm. about this shot. And first of all, let's start with its lack of effectiveness, right? Mm -hmm. If it were the end-all, be-all on COVID, and you said, okay, like polio or, you know, MMR or whatever, that you get this, you're good. Eradicated. You don't ever have to worry about it. It's a different conversation, Mm -hmm. right? But you are dealing with, they're literally running ads. And in the ads, you hear them say, if you have not had a COVID shot since September, Mm -hmm. it's not like if you haven't had the COVID shot in the last year, September, Casey, it's not even half as effective as the flu shot. Mm -hmm. So an experimental thing that isn't even half as effective as the flu shot supposedly is, you why would you do that? It, it doesn't work. Your six-month-old baby needs that shot. That's what the CDC is saying. Now, the CDC, they can't mandate vaccines. These are just strong recommendations. Uh-huh. And Wait, 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 the, but, but, but it's important, Casey. Those Well, the decisions are determined by state and local laws. For now, and that's more right. because Biden, according to reports, is about to sign over American sovereignty to the World Health Organization. Right, and the World Health Organization could turn around and say, oh, yeah, no, we're having a health emergency right now. We're taking over. Yeah, I can't tell you how thankful I am, and people who have been longtime listeners to this show remember what I was going through mm-hmm. at the time. I can't tell you how thankful I am that I did not get that shot. I risked losing my job. Mm -hmm. It was very real that it could happen. I, for a period of time, had to pay for my own testing. But I cannot tell you now that we know what we know Mm -hmm. because I felt I knew it at the time. I was reading enough things of things that was allowed to get out that are now totally out in the mainstream that I said, no way, no how, and I am 
just I feel bad for so many people who felt forced into, including many people we work with. I'm looking at one right now who felt forced. Ra- raising my hand. Who felt forced. I'm going to lose my job and not potentially be able to uh, pay for my f- family to live mm-hmm. if I don't do this super experimental thing that does that has been proven not to be effective. Did you feel like an outcast when that was happening? People well, would like looked at you differently or like, what's your deal? Well, don't threaten me with a good time, right? Yeah. I mean, it, a, li- a little bit. It's a lot of it's personality driven um, because a lot of people don't do well if they are being viewed. They know people are viewing them as an outsider, mm-hmm. right? Or they don't do well if they feel they're not being accepted in a group. I got enough friends, right? I, I mean, I, I don't, I, I've got way more than enough friends. It, mm-hmm. it never bought, it never, it never bothered me. It was a nuisance, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it was a nuisance that once a week I had to go up to the seventh floor of this building and take a test that may or may not even be accurate. Right. And then I'll tell you what was the biggest part of this. And I'll, I'll never forget this. The first time I had to do it, because they were kind of, they were clear, not specifically clear on when you had to take the test by. And you get this email, and it says, if you don't take the test by such and such a time, well, the initial email I think they sent out was like, you can no longer come back in the building because you have not taken your COVID test on time. And so I sent an email and said, how am I supposed to take the test in front of you if I can't come back in the building to take the <laughs> test? And then followed up with, I said, okay, look, I'll come in tomorrow morning now that we're clear when we have to take this. I'll take the stupid test. Okay, great. We'll see you at 8 a.m. And then I began, and I I called our boss at the time, and I called Mock, and I said, okay, so they're going to make me take this test at 8 a.m. that may or may not be accurate. We have a show to do at 9. What are you going to do, Mock, Mm -hmm. if that test says positive? Right. And everybody just kind of looked at each other and said, this is so stupid. I'm not sick. I don't feel sick. So the biggest thing for me was the inconvenience of potentially inconveniencing other people other people yeah. around me and disrupting the show. And there was a period where I had to pay for it. But I was willing to do those things because I had, you know, obviously various types of objections to this thing. And proven completely right but weak i don't say and i don't say weaker in the sense of oh my gosh what a weak little pansy you people are if you cave to your employer i'm saying people who weren't willing or couldn't lose it all felt they had to do it and that sucks that should not happen in this country Mm -mm. as of february 15th just under 70 percent of children five years and younger have received the full series of vaccines and you know what it really comes back to casey is if you think about the indiana republicans they have let everyone down because they could have stopped that in this state immediately you think about 2021 the first thing they should have done was pass a bill that said no employer can force you to get this experimental vaccine that we have no idea if it works. what they do? They did nothing out of the gate. And, well, I'm sorry, they did exempt themselves. The General Assembly did exempt themselves from the mask mandate. While Holcomb was still trying to put you in jail for not wearing a mask, they did exempt themselves from the mask mandate. Of course, they didn't have to get the shot as the lawmakers. Uh, but, but nobody stands up for the people, Right. We are. This country is begging for somebody to to stand up and say, "I will fight for you every single second of every single day." And outside of Florida, it doesn't seem to matter whether you vote Republican or whatever. These people, these elected people, are weak and do not fight for you. Well, this just proves to the point that school boards have never played a bigger role. 
And it sure does make homeschooling look more attractive for a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, when you think about like the trans stuff and everything else that's going on Mm -hmm. now, and I mean, when you couple, you're right with the COVID stuff, and then what we saw the other day, where you've got public education lunatics Mm -hmm. who are there in some cases screaming Mm -hmm. at lawmakers over the fact that they won't be allowed to talk sex with kindergartners. Yeah, big problems with public education, but I'm really glad. Indiana Republicans are throwing billions more dollars more in public at education. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And let's talk about what Pete Buttigieg did. You know, he's uh, he's big topic right now because he hasn't he hasn't been to Ohio. He was on MSNBC and he was ducking and dodging over Biden going to Ukraine, but not Ohio. So this administration, it seems so reactive to everything, unless it's about them staying in power. This is what Buttigieg said. I'm here in Kiev, Ukraine, and one of the things uh, the mayor of East Palestine said uh, that he called on President Biden to visit uh, East Palestine before he went to Ukraine. He said that was the biggest slap in the face that tells you right now he doesn't care about us, talking about President Biden. So he can send every agency he wants to. But I found out this morning that uh, and, and one of the briefings that he was in the Ukraine giving millions of dollars away to people over there, not to us. And I'm furious. Uh, look to Americans who have a train derailment, particularly with hazardous chemicals in their in their community. You can see why this feels like the biggest priority for them and perhaps two generations to follow if there's hazardous chemicals out there. What do you say to people who who see the president's visit to Ukraine, but don't see you or the president in East Palestine? Well, the biggest thing I want uh, residents of East Palestine to know is that they're not alone. Uh, Our department's personnel were on the ground from within the first hours of the incident. They've got multiple federal agencies on the ground partnering with the state, partnering with local first responders. And this has the attention of the entire administration. You wouldn't you wouldn't know it. No, you can't tell that it has the attention of the entire administration. I heard him say that I'm not going to go there just for a photo op. No, that's the point. Go there so people can tell that you care. You have been in management in this industry for a long time, and you know as someone who is in management, whether you are um, running a Wendy's or you're running a radio station or you're running the, the government, people look to what, where the leaders are and what they do and how they prioritize their time. Mm-hmm. And when you are someone who is a a federal agency head, especially someone with the visibility of Pete Buttigieg, Mm -hmm. who is on television all the time, ran for president of the United States, where you go and what you do sends a very clear message to society about the priorities of you and the the agency that you see. Mm -hmm. He knows, he's talking out of his ass when he talks about respecting the sovereignty or the authority or the whatever of a this or a that. If he wanted to be there, Mm -hmm. he'd be there. He's not there because he's afraid to be there. He's afraid to be there because he knows what happened there is a complete disaster and he don't want to get sick. It's the difference between your words and your actions. And a lot of people are calling for him to resign or get fired. The soil under the railroad track at the site of the wreck still contaminated and the tracks need to be lifted to remove the soil. And that's coming from the EPA in Ohio. And they are saying now that the spill did flow into the Ohio River during the initial slip 
sludge. But the Ohio River is so large that it's going to be diluted. It'll be diluted. Nothing to see here. But, but yet, okay, so let's, uh, and I know we got to get to a break. Can you imagine if somebody had just, like, let's say it was some large corporation, because that's who they love to hate, Mm -hmm. had just started dumping sludge into the Ohio River, Mm -hmm. and then their response had been, it's so big, it'll be fine. It'll get diluted, no worries. Hey, Casey, when we come back, Mm -hmm. Marjorie Taylor Greene, she's been under fire over these comments about a national divorce, Mm -hmm. and she went on Charlie Kirk, and he asked her about this, Yeah, and uh, I thought her comments were actually pretty measured and pretty interesting and that's rare for her to be either measured or interesting <laughs> and so um, Kevin McCarthy's girlfriend Marjorie Taylor Green. Yes. let's play some of her comments when we come back alright it's Kennelly Casey on 93 WIBC Everybody's got a 21 minutes after 10 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC Trending this hour. Well, we've been following the saga of this guy, so why would this morning be any different? Don Lemon, he tweeted out another apology. This is the CNN newscaster. Uh-huh. He got in some hot water off of some comments that he made about Nikki Haley, and uh-huh. uh, he was... It was said that he, her being old, right? Not in her prime. Yes. And that he was going to have to go to formal training, mm-hmm. and then all of his co-workers said they don't want him to come back mm-hmm. to work. Well, guess what? He tweeted out another apology and returned to work this morning. However, the difference this morning, he stuck to the script. Oh. He strictly did the news. There is a famous episode of Seinfeld where George is trying to get fired. Mm-hmm. That strikes me as what where Don Lemon is right now. But he doesn't care. He doesn't care. He doesn't want to be there anymore. He doesn't like the show he's on. Mm-hmm. Um, Casey, you know in media... You know, if someone has a contract that is fairly large and they're underachieving, they'll stick them somewhere else to try to justify paying them. You've been through this as mm-hmm. a as a manager. That is where he's at, right? Like he doesn't want to be there. They probably don't want him to be there, but they're I'm sure they're paying him so much money that they have to. So I'm sure he is he is George Costanza at this point, trying to get fired so he can get his payday and then go to some uber liberal institution mm-hmm. where he can continue his clown show from there. Right. Well, in the meantime, nobody's uh, been talking more about CNN than currently. Let me be very clear. I will also never quit this place. <laughs> you have to drag you You're out, going huh? to drag me kicking and screaming. Thank you. <laughs> also trending, Brittany Griner. She has re-signed with the Phoenix Mercury. So here's the question. And yes. it was a year ago this time that she was arrested. Um, where's Paul Whelan? Yeah, the Marine? Correct. Yes. The guy who was left, who was not a part of the negotiation when they gave up the Merchant of Death Mm -hmm. for Brittany Griner. Yeah. Yeah. He's still in Russia? Uh, yes, he's still there. Okay. As far as we know. I mean, I guess he's still yep. alive. I don't know. Yeah. You know, it doesn't, there doesn't seem to be quite the enthusiasm to get the guy who served the country back as it did the basketball player. Yeah. And finally, trending today is Ash Wednesday, and it is the beginning of Lent. 23 minutes after 10, she said, we need a national divorce. We need to separate by red states and blue states and shrink the federal government. Everyone I talk to says this. 
from the sick and disgusting woke culture issue shoved down our throats to the Democrats' traitorous America last policies. We are done. Okay, so she used the phrase national divorce. This and is it, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Yes, by Kevin the way. and Kevin McCarthy's want to be girlfriend. I don't know if the feelings are mutual, but mm-hmm. very clearly everybody who saw the uh, speaker vote in which she joined our, our old pal Jim Banks, who will not come on this show 15 times and mm-hmm. voting enthusiastically for Kevin McCarthy. See, the difference is I think uh, between Banks and Marjorie Taylor Greene, I think she's genuinely into McCarthy. I just think Jim Banks is a brutally weak person who wants to be a U.S. senator. So I think there's a difference why they voted for Kevin McCarthy. I think she's genuinely into Kevin McCarthy. Mm-hmm. I don't think I think Banks knows exactly what McCarthy is and was just too weak to stand up and do the right thing. Uh, anyway, so she used the term national divorce. Everybody jumped on. Oh my gosh, Marjorie Taylor Greene wants a civil war. Blah 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 blah. And she went on Charlie Kirk yesterday, mm-hmm. and in a rare moment of great articulation from Marjorie Taylor Greene, I thought she did a pretty interesting job of explaining what she meant. Take a listen. What does a national divorce look like in your? And- in your estimation? Well, a national divorce is not a civil war. It's actually separating by red states and blue states um, and making state rights and state power a lot stronger than it is right now. Um, It would be shrinking the federal government. For example, we can take education. Well, if we have a national divorce, there's no need for the Department of Education. Red states and blue states would be in control of the education in each state. Red states would very likely um, have traditional education, homeschooling, uh, charter schools, private schools, technical schools. They would not allow any type of gender lies being taught in their schools. LGBTQ woke teachers would be fired and not allowed to teach there. Um, They would allow parents to be able to choose the curriculum instead of school boards that that don't respect parents' beliefs and traditional family values. Um, And it may be in blue states, they would have full gender transition schools for their students. I don't know what they would do, but I'm sure their education would look different than ours. I thought that was pretty well said. (sighs) Okay. I mean, if, if the idea is, if you actually believe in the idea of the Constitution and the powers set forth and spelled out there within that there are technically 18 things, 18-ish things that the federal government should be doing. They're known as the enumerated powers and they're very you know, coinage, declare war, blah, blah, blah. You can read them for yourself. And everything not delegated under those 18 things is by default delegated to the states. Mm-hmm. Now, the federal government does like 18 million things now instead of the 18 things that are spelled out in the enumerated powers clause. I, I thought it was interesting, right? I mean, look, you get the government you deserve. People can vote with their feet by moving if they don't. You can't leave the country. I mean, you could leave the country, but you, as a U.S. citizen, you're not leaving the country. You can't opt out of your federal government. You can opt out of your state government, which is why so many people have fled places like New York and California and gone to places like Texas and Florida. Mm-hmm. I, tell I, me tell me where she's wrong. I, I, I don't know. She's a member of Congress. She's on a committee for Homeland Security, as you have mentioned and pointed out numerous times. She's a confidant of Kevin McCarthy. Uh-huh, yes, they're very close. Uh, he, he is the speaker, so he does wield a lot of power. I think she's got too much influence to be saying that there should be a secession like she's not this. Say, but, but, she's but, not saying. She's but not she, say, what, what are you going to do? Have This is a blue state and this is a red state? This it, is what it is now, Casey. Yeah, but Florida used to be more blue, and now it's turned red. Right, people voted with their feet. People went there and said, this is what we want. That's... 
that's the uh, that's the perfect. All right, we, we're going to run along. So can we take a break and continue this? We got voicemails, but I want to continue this discussion because I think that this is fascinating. Okay. And I think we're finally going to disagree on something, and you're entitled to be wrong, and I think that's great. <laughs> so let's do that. All right. It's Kendall and Casey. It's 93 WIBC. I'm so sorry you have just reached my answering machine. 317-684-8444. That's our phone number. It is time to hear from you with your voicemails at 1033 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Yeah, a couple calls to get to, but before we do that, I mm-hmm. wanted to go back to the conversation we were having uh, at the end of the last segment about Marjorie Taylor Greene. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought in a rare act of articulating in a way that was both rational, reasonable, and understandable, mm-hmm. she laid out what the idea... on Charlie Kirk's show what the idea of a national divorce meant to her. And you seem somewhat offended by that. I'm curious why you're what she said that kind of has drawn your ire. I'm not not offended by it. I think that she's just it's attention-seeking behavior, you know. She's from a, a member of Congress. I know she's a bomb thrower, and she's just doing it again. And if you want to talk about having a national divorce, I mean, we've already had like this national separation. We've already done it. So she laid like, out. California clearly is blue. So, but okay, Indiana's so red. But, 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 but you seem upset by her saying, "Look, the because as, as I had mentioned." The federal government, the the role of the federal government is very clearly laid out in the Constitution. There's 18-ish things. It's called the enumerated powers, and it says these things. Everything from coinage to declaring war, Mm -hmm. um, defense of the nation, (laughs) and all points in between are the things the federal government's supposed to do. These other things that are not laid out in the enumerated powers are relegated, delegated to the states. And right now the federal government is doing like 18,000 things. And what she is saying is those things that the federal government is doing, she's not calling for a civil war. She's not calling for people to, as far as I heard, at least secede from the union. Mm -hmm. She's simply saying that these things that the federal government is putting their, their boot on people over should be states issues. And if you want to have a radical lunatic state, like a New York or an Illinois or a California where little children at six years old are taught about sexuality, then go move there. If you want to have a radical lunatic left state that has an abortion factory from conception to live birth on every corner, go move there. Mm -hmm. But if you want to live in the real and normal world, then you can go live in places like Florida. Well, that's what people are already doing. I mean, there's been a mass exodus out of New York to Florida, a mass exodus of people leaving California going to Texas. And states are waffling between going blue to red and becoming purple all over the country. I think she swore an oath to support the Constitution and for her to even mention things like a national divorce, it sounds like civil war talk just wrapped up in a different package. But I think I think the problem is you have the uh, federal government who is putting its thumb on the scale. Like, uh, let, let's take it. Here's an example, because here's what we do in this state. So in 20, I don't know this, maybe this was 13, maybe this 14, one of, one of those terrible years Mike Pence was governor and letting our state down on a daily basis. He opted out of Common Core and everybody mm-hmm. threw their fist up and said, yeah, let's go. Good job, Mikey P. And then you find out, because Mike Pence is a good Republican and he's addicted to federal money, like most of the Republicans in this state, that they chose the federal money over the people. 
And as a part of being addicted to federal money, they had to opt back into about 90% of Common Core. Now, it costs the state like $100 million to lie to voters and tell people we were opting out of Common Core. But they had to readopt 90% of uh common core in order to get the federal money i think what someone like marjorie taylor green is talking about is saying we want to get rid and i think Mm -hmm. maybe she specifically said that in her statement the department of education there's zero reason for the federal government to oversee anything education related in the state if you want the lunatic 1619 project and teaching kids about sex and at six years old if New York wants to fund education that does those sort of things, then go. If you want P- uh, a state that says America is the greatest idea ever conceived by man, founded by some of the most noble, incredible people that ever lived, and we're not going to talk about sex till high school, then go to someplace like Florida. I mean, I, I just don't think for once she's being all that unreasonable. I don't know. I, I just think that with the state of everything right now. I mean, you've got phrases like World War III trending this morning. You've got our president over in other countries just giving away more and more money. And you've got someone like her saying national divorce. That's not what I want from my leader. Thomas Massey is uh, saying, let's get rid of the Department of Education. Okay, propose that bill, pass it, done deal. We don't need a national divorce board. I don't need my senators and... You're getting upset. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, and, I'm, and House members talking about national divorce, uh, civil wars. No, I mean, they're there to protect the Constitution and show some patriotism. Do that. Unite the country and stop with this divisive talk. Okay, but we're... Okay, and you're a woman and you're entitled to be wrong and that's fine and I love you anyway, regardless. <laughs> it's fine. Um, we're... We're talking about this right now, right? Mm-hmm. We've had a conversation about the Department of Education. We've had the department uh, conversation about the enumerated powers. We've had the conversation about the idea of the role of the federal government. We would not be having this conversation on these very powerful airwaves that you can hear from Illinois to Ohio and all points in between, even though we're told nobody's listening. I think some people are listening. Had Marjorie Taylor Greene not made that statement in that matter. Thomas Massey, right, who is by far above and away, not even close to the best member of Congress. You know I love Thomas Massey. Mm-hmm. But we're not having that conversation when Thomas Massey says, hey, we should get rid of the Department of Education because it's not entertaining. And in a, in a, in a soundbite world where people have the attention span of a gnat. Mm-hmm. Um, to my point, it's attention-seeking behavior. But we're talking she's about just, it. She's just throwing bombs. But we're talking to get about attention. it. The, this is a worthwhile conversation to have. And if she has to be a little creative and maybe a little controversial in the wordage that she uses to force the conversation in places like this, mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. Okay. I thought this was a great conversation, and you were totally entitled to be wrong, and I thought it was wonderful. I loved it. Okay. Uh, let's get to some voicemails, because I'm sure somewhere someone will tell you you're wrong. Yes. Oh, no. I, every day when I go home, Casey, every day when I'm I go home. I'm counting on you to do that for me, people. Um, so, there is something going on in the country, and we have been derelict in mentioning it, and mm-hmm. it is known as the Asbury Revival. Mm-hmm. It's happening in at a Christian university in Kentucky. Asbury at, University. Asbury University. Mm-hmm. And basically what happened is there was this prayer service, and when the prayer service was supposed to be over, the people refused to leave, right? Mm-hmm. It's like something out of the Don McLean song. The you know the marching band refused to yield. Do you recall what was the feel? Uh, Kevin liked that. Yeah, you're you're welcome, Kev. Um, and 
and now it has grown into this m- just mass of people mm-hmm. who are there to celebrate and worship. And somebody called about that because we we have dropped the ball and not mentioning this. Morning, Rob and Casey, Dan Clark here. Hey, I listen to you guys often, uh, but not all the time, unfortunately, just due to work. Uh, just wondering, and maybe you covered this, if uh, any airtime has been given to the uh, revival that's occurring at Asbury Seminary in Wilmore, Kentucky. It's actually spread now to uh, 14, 15 other universities across the, the land and um, really is a movement that was begun by students, uh, not even the faculty. Uh, we'd just love to hear your take on that, maybe even get uh, some input from uh, from Micah Beckwith, mm. uh, possibly. Uh, I just think uh, there are some people who are uh, criti- critical of that, which I find hard to believe. But uh, anyway, we'd love to hear your take sometime. Uh, hope all is well. God bless, and we'll keep listening. Okay, so I am not schooled in seminary the way Micah is, right. but I will take a stab at this okay. uh, because my wife and I were having a similar conversation the other day about this. And... Here's the end result in all of this, Casey, and I don't know whether it'll be tomorrow. I don't know whether it'll be 100 years from now. I don't know whether it'll be 1,000 years from now, but I'm going to tell you how it's going to end, and it's going to end with God winning. It's very clearly spelled out in the book of Revelations. God's going to win, and what happens between now and God winning, it's like a game, right? Like the IU game last night. IU looked super strong early on, and you said they're going to win this game by 50. Did they win in the end? No, Michigan State won. So I don't know how the game is going to play out between God and it will end when God comes back in the form of his son and will win. In the meantime, though, there is clearly wicked on the march in this world. What we saw at the Indiana State House, people screaming and shouting and advocating for teaching sex to little kids. That is some wicked, mm-hmm. awful stuff. And mm-hmm. you are seeing wickedness in the form of, I don't know, I don't know if demonic lunacy is the right word to use, but I'm going to use it because I'm Rob Kendall. Hi, nice to, nice to talk to you today. Demonic lunacy is on the march in this country and around this world. And what happens in times when the great evil is on the march, God will summon people his soldiers, his warriors to stand up in his name. And I think what you're seeing in something like Asbury, I almost said Asbury Park, um, with this Asbury revival is people are feeling the call Mm -hmm. to stand up Mm -hmm. and in a peaceful, respectful, polite way. They're not tearing down statues. They're not smashing businesses. They're not killing people in the streets the same way we saw, you know, here and other major metropolitan cities during the summer of love. They are peacefully standing up in the name of God, as a soldier of God, and saying, we know how this is going to end, and we are in the meantime, until the game's final seconds, Mm -hmm. we are going to push back on pure evil. Yeah, absolutely agree. This is a uh, group of young, faithful people who are looking for answers, they're looking for inspiration, and it's conservatives taking back control. They're not going to be shamed anymore for their faith and their beliefs. Yeah, I'm just telling you how it ends, right? And I don't know how the game plays out in the middle, but God always wins. And uh, we got a really good call about country music. Can we play that next hour? Because we got Hammer coming up next. Yeah. I want to have time for Hammer. Okay. It's Kendall and Casey. It's 93 WIBC.
49. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC, and Hammer joins us in the studio. Good morning. I loved what you guys did the last couple of breaks, fighting about that Marjorie Taylor Greene national divorce thing. Yeah. And what I love the most, Casey, is that you fought back. Yeah. You did not take Rob Kendall's crap. Yeah. It was like that scene in The Grinch where his heart grew three times mm-hmm. big that day. Mm-hmm. I've been waiting for this Were you moment. you so proud of me? This show needs you to tell Rob to go blank himself yeah. more often. Yeah. And I'm totally being serious okay. here. Like, this would be amazing because I get it. You know, when you're new, you don't want to step on anybody's toes. Mm-hmm. You want to make sure you learn what's going on yeah. before you tick off the person that was already here. Mm-hmm. But you've been here long enough mm-hmm. that you can tell him to go get bent. Yeah. And I get love bent. it. Yeah. I thought it was great. Okay. And uh, congratulations. I want more of that. I want more heat from you. Okay. You, you have already showed more guts in that one segment than uh, 99% of the Indiana General Assembly does on a daily basis. Preach. And it was great radio. Like, I was in my car and I was in the garage. I did not want to get out. I wanted to hear mm-hmm. uh, what would happen next. So, again, so, hats off. All right. Well, who won? Who won the argument? The listeners. <laughs> yeah. The listeners yeah. won. Okay. <laughs> if I, you know, am into this kind of stuff, I know mm-hmm. people listening are as well. If I didn't want to get out of the car, I bet there's a lot of people listening going, okay, I, I see where she's coming from. Mm-hmm. I see where he's coming from. It's great. Where and, do you fall on it? Um, Have you thought about it It's at all? not going to happen. I mean, there's a better chance of me declaring for the NBA draft <laughs> and becoming the first pick in the draft. But in terms of hypotheticals, mm-hmm. um, I kind of leaned a little bit with you. We already kind of do this. Right. Right. I'm all for shrinking government. And that's where Rob's argument came in. So I thought it was great radio and I'd love to hear more of it. Yeah. I, and, I, 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 go, go ahead. Sorry. I was say, and Rob, something I've told you, I think a great segment for this program, your show, and it's something that you can do better than anybody in the city because people hate you. You should have a segment where somebody comes in mm-hmm. once in a while and just does a crossfire with you. Yeah. Because we've done that on our afternoon show with you. You've gone toe-to-toe yep. with red-shirted teacher yep. guy. Yeah. You've went toe-to-toe with Jim Lucas yep. a number of times. Yep. And it's must-listen to radio. And you're so prepared and you're so polarizing that I think there's a long list of people Point that would counterpoint. love- that would love to come in here and say, I'm going to tell that Rob Kendall off. All right, let's call their bluff. Let's have a segment where they come in here and do a crossfire with Rob. Yeah, no, nobody wants to fight. And it's very sad because... Uh you know, it's like, um, for example, I'm going to go to the Brownsburg Town Council meeting tomorrow night. I've shared with you there's some pretty potentially serious stuff going on there. And mm-hmm. I've been at this for two months trying to work peacefully behind the scenes and get it exposed and get some transparency for my government. And they don't want to do anything. So maybe next week uh, we're going to start talking about it really, uh, you know, in a public fashion. But I'm going to go there. I've sent them two emails in the past week, very polite, respectful emails, asking questions. No one responds. I'm going to go Thursday night. I'm going to ask the questions in public about the very potentially serious thing. And they're going to look at me and go like they always do and not say a word. Why can't we just have some damn transparency in this country? Why We all know every one of those 150 people in the Indiana General Assembly hate my guts and crap talk me all the time behind my back. Their little birdies tell me about it all the time. Why don't you man up or woman up and come in here and let's have some transparency and talk about it in public? So would, You didn't die. You're still living. And it was great. Would both of you be okay? Mm-hmm. Like if you had somebody like that, if there was somebody that's a Democrat from the General Assembly or even a Republican mm-hmm. or a council person 
person or perhaps even a troll, a habitual troll <laughs> on social media. If you said, all we right. We don't have any of those. All right. If you want to come in here and play with the big boys, mm-hmm. let's go. Set some ground rules. Yeah. You know, somebody has to moderate this thing. Right. I was going to say, we're going to need a referee. Right. Which I'll, I'll volunteer okay. to you. I've done that before. I would love that, Amber. <laughs> I, I, we beg these people in the General Assembly. We beg people like Todd Rokita. We beg They're Diego. They're Rob. We, They're scared. We beg Jim Banks, who voted for Kevin McCarthy 15 times, to come on. They won't do it because they don't want to man up. Okay, so who do they need to contact if somebody's listening right now that says, you know what, I want to be a part of this? I'm putting you in charge of this. <laughs> okay. And All here's right. the deal. You never even have to talk to me until you walk in here. Mm-hmm. And then you never have to talk to me afterwards. Mm-hmm. The only person you got to talk to is Hammer. Hammer will be the arbiter. He'll be the referee. I think Lucas, while he got totally destroyed, feels like you were at least a fair arbiter of him defending the largest, was it last year, right? When Lucas came on and defended the largest tax increase in Indiana state history that he votes for every time that goes up every year. And, you know, he thought that it was great that he voted for that tax increase. We were, it was fair. All right. So if you want to debate Rob and you're somebody that is either a person of interest, yeah. a person of some sort of position of power, yeah. um, then reach out to me. Mm-hmm. Reach out to me. I'm easy to find, yeah. right? I'm here at the Hammer and Nigel show. I'm all over social Unless media. Unless you're old two L's. He couldn't find you. <laughs> right. Everybody <laughs> but Bob Siegel, the investigative reporter at Channel 13, can find me. I'm on TV every day and radio every day. I'll be more than happy to set this up, and mm-hmm. we'll have a good old-fashioned crossfire. Mm-hmm. And I'm serious. We'll do this the right way. Hey, you had, did you have John Stare on your show yesterday? We did. How'd that go? He's running for mayor? Is that right of Zionsville? He is. He took Nigel's dream away from him? (laughs) I'm waiting for Nigel to come in at the very last minute and back door. (laughs) By goodness, that's Nigel's music. (laughs) You hear Foo Fighters kick on. Wait a minute. By God. Why is he running for mayor of Zionsville? Have you seen the current mayor of Zionsville? Well, I know, but why him? I'm sorry. Have you seen the current effing mayor of Zionsville? (laughs) That's why he's running for mayor of Zionsville. Is he going to be like an energetic, like go-getter kind of guy, or is he going to be one of those guys? that just spends his days going to Chamber of Commerce lunches. So, you know, like, I'm going to put this into sports terms. I think you understand this. When you fire a coach that's a real fiery guy, Mm -hmm. you need a change of pace. So, think about who the mayor is now. Uh I think they need a change of pace. Uh Because he wants to turn the temperature down a little bit. Dancing will be banned in Zionsville. (laughs) What's uh, what's coming up this afternoon? Uh, It's National Margarita Day. Hiatus Tequila's coming in studio. Tony Kennett's in for Big Nige. We got Greg Greg Price and the side piece coming up. All right. Thanks, Hammer. It's Kendall and Casey. It's 93 WIBC.